It's time for Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. Driven by the Hess Toy Truck, here's Lance Meadow. Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point is brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. American-made Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com for a dealer near you. PSENG, we make things work for you. And brought to you by Mercedes-Benz, official luxury vehicle of the New York Giants. Visit mbusa.com today. Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks with you as we're recapping the Giants' 25-23 loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. So the Giants now falling to 1-7. They have lost two straight. The Bucs improving to 6-2. and two. They are now riding a three-game winning streak. And this is now the fifth straight game for the Giants that essentially has come down to the final play, the final drive, however you want to word it. It certainly has been a fine line between a win and a loss this season for the Giants. And Bob, here was another game where you tend to take all of the turnovers and all of the penalties and all of the missed opportunities, and they get put under the microscope when the Giants once again come close but ultimately fall short. Yeah, Lance, uh, you know, we talked about it during the game broadcast. Um, you know, they had the Bucks on the ropes. The defense was playing really well, and you get a 45-yard kickoff to start the third quarter, and you're in plus territory. You can't throw an interception. Um, and then you have another drive in plus territory, and Sean Murphy bunting saves a touchdown with cover zero, Golden Tate on the little slant. If he doesn't stop Tate, giant, he's gone for a touchdown, and then you know the next play, Jones throws a bad interception and, and little th- and missed open throws. You know, again, you know Brady's going to get his team in the end zone, Carl, during the course of the game, and when you miss chances to put six up on your yeah. own, it's going to cost you. And even, listen, on the two-point conversion, the ball's got to be thrown earlier to the outside. I mean, mm-hmm. Deion the, was a great play design. Deion Lewis was open, but the ball was late. It was behind him. Yeah, and the defender had to run across the formation like, oh, crap, I forgot my lunch money. I got to hustle back. And there was no way he was going to get there if the ball is thrown early. It's a walk-in touchdown. Yeah, I mean, it's a walk-in two-point conversion, and, and you're heading to overtime. But this is the problem that the Giants have. John Schmelka, our producer, brought up a great point. You know, they picked the flag. I mean, if you're throwing the flag and then the officials converge to talk about it, you wonder, Carl, and I think you could probably say this about a lot of games, but you wonder if there's 80,000 fans going crazy in the building if they pick the flag up or not. Well, I, like I said during our broadcast, Bob, you know, the good the good teams get the favorable calls. But when you're a bad football team and it just seems that the, 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 the plays that you should get, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. And the ones that, you know, should go your way uh, or that go against you, they don't even consider reversing. Yeah, and I mean, uh, the Giants had their chances in this game. Again, you know, twice Slayton on deep balls that could have been touchdowns. Uh, ball drifted out of bounds. Sterling Shepard. Uh, Sterling Shepard, you know, got overthrown. They had Slayton on a deep in cut. Uh, missed him. I mean, these are just, again, against really good teams. And even against some of the lesser teams that the Giants have lost to, like teams in their division, like sure. the Cowboys and Eagles. You miss these chances, you miss these chances, and it's going to come back and bite you. I mean, you, yeah. held, you held Tom Brady and the Bucks to 25 points. That's five below their season average. You ran the ball against this team 
uh, very effectively. They gave up 66 yards a game rushing. Giants had 101 yards rushing in this football game. I mean, they their game plan, this is one thing we know, Bob, is that this coaching staff presents a great game plan both sides of the ball. Um, their players will play hard. But in this football league, you have to execute in order to win football games. And then when you have opportunities to really give yourself an advantage, those plays are designed to work. You talk about the two-point conversion, it was the perfect play call. It was designed to work. Just execute it. You get two open um, Slayton uh, balls and they're overthrown, that's another 14 points. So there's a progression towards being in desperation mode. And that, that trail is littered with missed opportunities because your defense played well. Um, they took away a lot of what Tom Brady was going to do for as long as they could. But it's littered with missed opportunities. And you cannot win football games against the good ones or the bad ones when you can't take advantage of such great opportunities when they present themselves. Can you imagine going up three scores, three legitimate touchdowns because Tampa Bay couldn't cover your guys? Yeah, I mean, they had the stop and go to Slayton that got overthrown out of bounds. They had the deep post to Slayton. Uh, you had the, the stop and go with Shepard where, you know, it, it, unless Shepard falls, you're looking at a 68-yard touchdown, and the next thing you know, you're punting the ball away. Yeah, and the thing about this is, you know, we, we, we are sounding very critical because obviously the expectation for the quarterback at this stage of his career should be that he can do better in these types of situations because we see him make great throws, but then the inconsistency uh, of the, these overthrows are one thing, and then you combine it with just improper game management, just situational management. When you're, let's just call it, if you're managing the game and you're doing everything close to the vest, then there's a few things you know you can't do or a few things you can do under duress. Take a sack, take a grounding when you're in scoring position. The one thing you can't do is throw it to the other folks. So you got two options, none of none of which are going to kill you like an interception, especially coming out at the half, you get a huge return. And then you look up, and they got the ball again. Yeah, and I mean, it just the two touchdown throws were things of absolute beauty to Deion Lewis and the Golden Tate. It's the other stuff in between that just hurts your chances of winning, Lance. Yep. Absolutely, and the two interceptions ultimately led to 10 points for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And when you're going up against, as Bob pointed out, a very prolific offense, can't give them gifts in terms of field position. We will certainly get more into this heartbreaking loss for the Giants as they fall to the Bucs 25-23, unable to convert on the two-point conversion. A flag was thrown, but then it was picked up. We'll also get to your phone calls at 877-337-6666. A reminder, Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by the New York Lottery is the Giants' daily call-in show on Giants.com. Every weekday from 12 to 1, all part of the Giants podcast network presented by Investors Bank. The archives can be found on the Giants mobile app and on all popular podcast platforms. We'll be back right after this. Second and 10 at the 19. Jones back to throw. He's one. Left corner of the end zone for Tate, who makes the catch for the touchdown. 
What a throw by Jones to Tate! That was the play of the game brought to you by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the New York Giants, as Daniel Jones connected with Golden Tate late in the fourth quarter, but the Giants weren't unable to convert on the two-point conversion, and they ultimately fall to the Bucks, 25-23 at MetLife Stadium to fall to 1-7 on the season as we welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks with you. 877-337-6666 is the telephone number. Let's head to the phone lines as we move along here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point, and we check in with Tom in Hillsborough. Tom, welcome to the program. What do you got for us? Hey, what's going on, man? What a heartbreak. It's like, uh, it's like that song, the Def Leppard song. Here comes the heartbreak, right? Look, uh, I got to say, I- I've been a Giant fan a long time, and Look, it was very sad when Eli Manning moved on and all that, and I was really up on Jones. I thought maybe he would have it, but this kid, I think Carl Banks and Bob Papa said it perfectly. You cannot be making these sort of mistakes at this level of play. And quite frankly, Jason Garrett is calling an excellent game. Joe Judge, excellent play. Those rookies today on the offensive line, fantastic. But Jones, he just doesn't have it. You can see these sometimes these players, they just can't make that transition to the NFL, and I think Jones is done. they got to move on. I'm not sure you're you're there yet. Uh, I think he's shown you that he can pass the football. I just think he has to show you that he can manage a game and manage situations. I mean, this is, you know, his decision-making is what is is the thing that he's got to get under control. It's, you know, you're going to miss some opportunities. Tom Brady missed some wide-open ones today, too. Um, but it's a difference when you're, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with their record versus the Giants and their record. So um, they have to be so tuned in to their opportunities that 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 will lead them to victory. It's all about execution when you're a one-win football team. Yeah, I mean, Carl, and and you think about it, it's like if you're a Giants fan right now, you're just kind of pulling your hair out a little bit. You think about the Rams game. You think about the Cowboys game, the Philadelphia game. You know, you got the ball in your hands and a chance to go win the game. Yep. Can we go win one of these? Or in this case, at least get it tied. And, you know, Jones makes an incredible throw to get the Giants the touchdown, but then late on the two-point conversion and behind Deion Lewis. And, again, it's the opportunity points because they're not good enough to let those go by. Just, Just looking at the numbers, I mean, 24 first downs for the Giants, 23 for the Bucks. Bucks 4 of 12 on third downs, Giants 4 of 11. Bucks 344 yards, the Giants 357. Mm. 263 net passing for the Bucks, 256 for the Giants. They each averaged 5.2 a play. Giants outrushed them 101 to 81. Quarterbacks Brady 28 of 40, no interceptions. Jones 26 of 42. Two interceptions. Uh, Time of possession, the same. Giants in the red zone today, three touchdowns in four trips, something they haven't done all year. Bucks were two for three with a field goal. Time of possession, 30 minutes and 10 seconds for the Bucks, 29.50 for the Giants. I mean, they played them toe-to-toe. It's those couple of throws. Yeah. There's the difference in your game. Yeah, and listen, when you talk about the difference in your game, Bob, that's probably 21-point differentiation. Yeah, those are big plays. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the difference in the game, you're, you're talking probably three touchdowns. But, listen. If you hit one of those three, 
yeah. talking about the difference between a win and a loss. Well, hitting the wide open guy. Now he's hit like like I said, he he's proven that he can throw the ball and have good placement with it. Um, he's just got to figure out how to do it consistently. He's not a dumb kid. We know that. So he's got to understand before a play on a two-point conversion, if you see the matchup that you want, get it to get it to uh, Deion Lewis in the corner end zone for a walk-in. The, the defense had no shot at that because the defender covering Lewis was all the way across the formation. Love the way the Giants ran the ball in this game and like seeing Wayne Gallman uh, doing what he's doing. Lance? Well, speaking of the rushing attack that you just brought up, that takes us to the Giants' power report brought to you by PSE&G, committed to providing safe, reliable energy now and in the future. And the Giants ran the ball 24 times for 101. Wayne Goleman led the way with 12 for 44, and they averaged 4.2 yards per carry. So another game in which the Giants went over the century mark. And you look at the numbers right now, that's the third straight game in which they have run for over 100 yards and the fourth time in the last five games. Let's head back to the phone lines as we move along here and we check in with Kieran in the Bronx. Kieran, welcome aboard. What do you got for us? Hey, guys. I just want to say, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. Really appreciate that. What's just going on? I mean, just watching this game, it's, just, it's great to see a giant show fight. I mean, the defense play well. It gets a great Tampa Bay offense. The defense play well. I feel bad for Danks, you know, with the interception. So they go out there and try. And with Daniel Jones, my thing, like, it's tough to watch Jones. I'm not going to give up on him right away. I still think there's hope and potential with him. Like, even like the beginning with those interceptions, like, you, you think, oh, is he actually the guy? Then he goes down. Don't get me wrong. He, in the last drive, he goes down. Like, he did get lucky. Darius played him. I mean, great play by him on that fourth and five to get into the first down. And a beautiful th- throw to um, Golden Tate. And it was just like, then you think, wow, like, this guy did the two-point conversion. Obviously, he was laying that. And that's why he's just a Jones. I love the guy. And you want him to succeed. I do think, you know, a little bit bad offensive line away. Maybe even the weapons. I don't know. I, I mean, then again, the weapons are fine. I do like it. It's just his decision-making. And I hope, like, that, you know, we're halfway through the season. Hopefully, by the end, I'm hoping, you know, he just shows to go a better decision Because I want to go into the season not having a question mark on our QB. But in, in order to prove the team that build around him. Because you can't consistently keep looking for QBs. I think you guys stick. I want to stick with him and go yeah. on from there. Thank you guys once again for having me on the show. I really do appreciate it. All right, Kieran. Thanks for the phone call. Yeah, thanks for calling in, Kieran. And, you know, I, I it's, you know, careful what you ask for or what you wish for when you start um, saying you want to change the uh, the quarterback. They don't they don't all come microwave ready. Hey, listen. They, There's a curve to this. When the Giants <clears throat> lost to the Washington football team, formerly known, well, I almost said the uh, what, what they were called, but when they lost to the formerly known as the Washington well, the Washington football team, in December of 2007. Anybody that lives in the New York metropolitan area, the word was that it's time for Tom Coughlin to go and the New York Giants need to move on from Eli Manning. Mm-hmm. It is time to move on from Eli Manning. He, Eli had a horrible game. He was matched up at previous home game. He had been horrible against the Vikings, which was his kryptonite. And they lost the game at Giant Stadium. I think that was the game Shockey got hurt, and Eli didn't play well. And the newspapers in New York said the very next day, it's never going to happen with Eli Manning. They have to think about a quarterback in this year's draft. The rest, as they say, is history. Now, that was Eli's third year. Mm -hmm. His second – no, it was his – 
third full year as the starting quarterback, his fourth season, 05, 06, and 07 were his years that he began starting. So, you know, I think you got it before you start moving on to another quarterback. Let this play out over the last eight games. One thing that we know for certain, Jason Garrett has put together some great game plans considering yeah. the limitations that they have with this whole line and not having Barkley and everything else. Um, we're seeing more creativity. We're seeing opportunities. Let's give this thing eight more games before we start, you know, before we start beating that drum. Because, again, I go back to the Eli thing. It was Eli's third year as a starter, and people were calling for his head. Yeah. And you can't just rush this stuff. And here's the thing. So, we don't – where we need to really see where he can get better is his game management. His decision making, Bob, not the overthrows. I think that'll get fixed one way or the other because he's shown the ability to throw precision passes, to throw uh, great placement passes. But the one thing that I'm I'm pretty confident in that if you know you're in scoring range, and a guy is clinging to your jersey, a sack is not a bad thing. I'm pretty sure that light will click on after you know two. Two interceptions. All right, Lance, take it away. Yeah, it's the philosophy of living to see another down, as Carl was just hitting on. For more game analysis, check out Giants Rewind each week for a breakdown of the X's and O's with analysis from one of our Giants legends, all part of the Giants Podcast Network, presented by Investors Bank, available on your favorite podcast platforms, Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. We will step aside when we come back. We'll hear from head coach Joe Judge, get his perspective on the Giants' 25-23 loss to the Bucks on Monday Night Football. They are now 1-7 on the season. And we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks with you as we are recapping the Giants' 25-23 loss to the Bucks on Monday Night Football. The coach's press conference brought to you by Mercedes-Benz, official luxury vehicle of the New York Giants. Visit MBUSA.com today. Let's take a listen to what Joe Judge had to say after the game. Hey, everyone. This as meeting always, is please being use the recorded. Raise function, and we'll jump right into questions. They're all in, Coach. All right, guys, I uh, appreciate your patience after the game. Um, look, long story short, I'm proud of the way our players played tonight. Uh, I've seen a lot of improved football, seen a lot of fight from our guys throughout the season. I continuously see an improved team on the field at all positions and guys playing for each other for 60 minutes. You know, that being said, we're allowed, we were able to make some big plays tonight down the stretch. Ultimately, we have to overcome some mistakes. and We have to improve collectively as a coaching staff and as a team to keep giving ourselves the best chance to be successful on team. So we're not asking for moral victories. We understand people in New York deserve better, so we got to keep working to be better for them. That being said, I'll open up to any questions you may have. Dan Duggan, The Athletic. Hey, Joe, can you just tell us uh, what you saw in the conversion and what explanation you got for the flag getting picked up? Yeah, I thought Nate made the right call when he threw the flag. So I'm not sure why it got picked up. Uh, we had a pretty good view. I know they can't use the Jumbotrons for replay. We had a pretty clear view of that as well. Um, you know, but I thought Nate made the right call the first time. I thought, you know, normally your first instinct is the right one. So that's all I'm going to say about the officiating guys. I know it's going to be a lot of follow-up questions to it. Uh, I'm just going to be very clear and concise with that right there. I thought our guys played hard. Uh, we got to put ourselves in a position that we can have success and not bring a third party into the factor. It's tough enough to beat the Bucks. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Thanks. Bruce Beck, NBC. Joe, does it all come down to turnovers in your mind? 
not completely, but turnovers are obviously a major factor in any game right there. But there's a lot of things we have to improve on right there. And uh, look, we have to do a better job, every coach and every player to keep on moving. But I'm telling you right now, I'm proud of the way our guys are working and playing. I knew the way they came to work and prepared this week. There's been a lot of questions externally in terms of how we're holding up the inside. And I see a group of guys that come to work every day committed for each other with a lot of fight, a lot of urgency, and I see a lot of improvement going forward uh, and a lot of confidence. These guys can understand that we're building this thing in the right direction. Jordan Rana, ESPN. Joe, uh, obviously these turnovers with Daniel keep happening. What do, what do you say to him when you have those two turnovers? And, and is there something you need to do moving forward? Like, would you, would you consider when he makes those plays taking him out? Daniel's our quarterback. Right, what we have to do is just make sure we keep improving everything around him and that we coach every player the same way. Uh, I told Daniel on both times the play happened you know, tonight. I just told him be patient with it. Stay committed to it. We're going to need you down the stretch. We need you to make plays. And obviously, in that final drive, he made a lot of big plays for us. So, you just got to keep moving on. Things happen in games. You know, we're not going to go ahead and tolerate everyone on the team, you know, having a one-off type of deal. And I can't have, you know, one-offs as coaching staffs. We've all got to hold ourselves accountable and the man next to us accountable. But Daniel's our quarterback, clearly put. And Bruce said afterwards, he, you know, it seems like he's trying to do too much with those two interceptions. How, what do you think of that assessment? Yeah, I'll look at the tape and we'll talk about that collectively as a team right now. But I like the way Daniel's fighting right now. Thanks. Far Schwartz, New York Post. Hey, Joe, you mentioned about Daniel and, and the interceptions. Um, you know, he seems to have this problem with not getting the ball out of bounds. I mean, a lot of his interceptions are not coming in the middle of the field. Um, you know, how can you get it into his head to get the ball out of bounds? And also, does he need to make a better throw, even if there might have been a penalty on the two-point conversion? It seems like if he puts it more to the outside, Dion has a uh, completion that might be fairly easy. Yeah, I think Dion had a chance to catch the ball right there. There was just contact before the ball had a chance to get there for him to actually finish and complete the catch. So it's tough to make that assessment on a throw right there. Um, as far as getting the ball out of bounds, Paul, I mean, none of the things that happened tonight were a result of trying to throw the ball out of bounds and the ball just not reaching it. In fact, he had a nice throw away in that, you know, last drive right there to stop the clock and avoid a sack. Um, so I don't see any issues specifically with that, Paul. Okay. Zach Rosenblatt, NJ.com. Hey, Joe. Uh, so you guys are one and seven at the midway point. I imagine that's not what you uh, wanted to happen, obviously. Um, so I'm just curious, like, how would you characterize this first half of your first season, especially after you sit here after another tough, close loss where you guys were kind of leading late in the game? Yeah, a lot of improvement. I see a lot of improvement. I'm proud of the way our guys are working day by day, sticking together. We've got a really good foundation and culture being built in this building right now. We've got a lot of really good guys to build with for this thing for the long term. So if you would ask me the first first year how to classify it, I see an improving team that's developing in the division we see going forward. Our stables in the record. Hey, Joe, at one point tonight, or actually several times tonight, you had three rookies on the offensive line. I'm just curious. I know you want to go back and watch the tape, but how would you assess their performance, especially Andrew Thomas, considering uh, what he's been through the first seven games? Yeah, I would say that uh, before I make any specifics, you know, on any of these guys, I got to watch the tape and make sure I actually see all the details of the play. It's tough to see all 22 guys at all, on every single play. Uh, when I did look up and see it, I saw some, you know, good improvement for all three of those guys tonight. You know, some of the good things is when you don't notice them being out there particularly, you know, and that means that things are going the right direction. You know, one thing I did notice with Shane is Shane's not afraid to mix it up. We know that from him. He's a tough dude. He got in there and really played with some nastiness. Um, 
and we like that about him. We like the way it showed up on the tape tonight. So I'm going to look at the tape. Look, all three are going to have things they have to improve on, but all three have enough good football from tonight that we can build on and move forward with them. Ryan, Ryan Dunleavy, New York Post. Joe, Pat Leonard, Matt Lombardo, Pat Leonard, New York Daily News. Hey, Joe, I know you have been coaching Daniel and your staff has been coaching Daniel that a sack isn't the worst thing in the world, right? Live to see another day. But if you coach that point and it doesn't get through, how does it get through? You know, how, do, how, does a, how does a player learn that if they're told it over and over again, but it doesn't register? Hey, you know what? It kind of sounds a little redundant when you put it that way, Pat, but we're just going to keep on coaching it hard. We have to find inventive ways of coaching it and drilling it. Uh, and then as the player keeps on working, he'll experience it through play. But, you know, there's a lot of things we have to improve collectively as coaches and as an entire team to help, you know, take them out of some of those situations right there. And it starts with me, and we got to make sure we keep putting them in the best position possible. Thanks. Matt Lombardo, fan-sided. Hey, Joe. Um, three times in four weeks, you guys weren't able to close out fourth-quarter leads. Uh, I'm just wondering, as these turnovers keep happening, is there a common thread late in, in not being able to close it out? And do you have to maybe think about coaching differently down the stretch uh, in, in terms of just protecting the ball and, and just getting out of there with a win? Yeah, again, um, you talk about you know, closing out the games. To me, closing out the game starts on the opening kickoff. It, it's, it's a culmination of everything you've done for 60 minutes. So, again, it, it's never one player's mistake. It's everything's collectively. There's a lot of things go into it. It's a coach's call. It's how everything operates together on the offense or defense. It's never one play that eliminates you in a game. It's a different, you know, you know, just effect of different plays throughout the game that add up. We've got to make sure that we eliminate some of the things early in the game, which would change the effects of the outcome and late in the game. But look, we have to make plays when they come our way, but I see a lot of improvement from our team. I love the way they keep on fighting. Um, you know, look, we just got to keep on moving ahead as a team, but I see us going in the right direction. Thanks. Thanks, Coach. You're all set. All right, so that was head coach Joe Judge giving his thoughts on the Giants' 25-23 loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. We'll have more on that in a second. But right now, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification here on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. DJ LeMayhew and MVP finalist Jacob DeGrom, again a Cy Young Award finalist, Boomer and Geo tomorrow morning, 6 until 10 on WFAN and WFAN-FM New York. So Joe Judge certainly emphasizing that they have to clean up the mistakes, which goes without saying, supporting Daniel Jones as he looks to continue to improve during the young stages of his career. And Bob, as we talked about this all throughout the course of Mercedes-Benz Giants extra point here, it's just a matter of you know them not having these turnovers and penalties at the worst possible moments that come back to bite them. Because when you look at these last five games, these are one possession games. These are games when the Giants have leads and more often than not, the momentum flips as a result of field position because of a turnover or the defense having penalties that then allows the opposition to capitalize late in contests. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, uh, you know, over the last couple of years in the fact that, you know, they're not good enough to overcome missed opportunities. It's plain and simple. I mean, look, I'm going to give you the glass half full side of this, Lance, because I think we've kind of, talked a lot about the missed opportunities here and I think it kind of falls at the feet of the quarterback in this one from you know the 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 turnovers that you can't have when you're driving the ball to you know the missed deep throws you got four of them to hit in the game you know you got to hit one or two of them which could be the difference in the game you know I, I like with the way Joe Judge's team plays I like the way they fight 
I like the preparation that they have. Um, I think Patrick Graham has done an incredible job with a limited defensive roster. And I think Jason Garrett, each and every week, the play calling is getting better and better. They're getting a little more creative. Um, you know, and Joe Judge's teams are gritty and tough like he said they were going to be. Now, I know Giants fans are tired of it because, let's face it, with the exception of 2016, it has been a rough haul for Giants fans going back to 2013. So they don't want to hear about moral victories. They don't want to hear about all of it. But as Carl always says, it's part of the process of overturning the roster, a lot of young players, um, and trying to get this thing on the right path. But in the end, there's just, every game has the same refrain. Uh, it's just missed chances, missed chances. The other team takes the lead, and then the Giants just can't get it back. And at some point, you got to turn some of these things into wins. Got to find a way to finish. That's the bottom line. You don't get brownie points, to your point, in terms of whether you come close in a game that ultimately falls short. Well, Bob, appreciate the time and the insight as always. We will speak to you on Sunday. Quick turnaround as the Giants visit Washington. Well, thank you, M-E-D-O-W, Meadow without the A. There you go. That is perfect spelling as the spelling bee plays out here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. We will step aside. We'll have plenty more to tackle. Jeff Fiegels will join me as we'll continue to recap the Giants' 25-23 loss to the Buccaneers. And as Bob pointed out, some of the positives in terms of the offensive play calling and the defensive intensity to hold a prolific offense in check. But just how do they get over the hump and now turn that into a W? That and more coming your way. We'll be back right after this. We welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow with you, recapping the Giants' 25-23 loss to the Bucks on Monday Night Football as the Giants now fall to 1-7, and and they are 0-5 this season against top-10 scoring defenses. Tampa Bay certainly fit in that category, joining the Steelers, the Bears, the Niners, and the Rams. The player of the game is brought to you by the members and contractors of local 825 operating engineers, ELEC 825, building our future. Plenty of candidates, but we'll go with Golden Tate. His numbers didn't necessarily jump off the page, but the timing in which he made those plays certainly earns him the label of player of the game. He had two catches for 31 yards, including the touchdown that gave them an opportunity to go for a game-tying two-point conversion. His other catch was on a third and four, where he came through with a 12-yard pass, and if he wasn't tripped up, he could have very well ran in for a touchdown, but that helped move the chains. And he also had an 18-yard completion, on a little trickery in which they were able to throw it across the field and get Wayne Goleman to reach ultimately a first down. So a little bit of everything that Golden Tate brought to the table. We will step aside when we come back. We'll get your feedback. We'll hear from Daniel Jones as we move along. The Giants, a quick turnaround. They will be back on the road going up against division rival Washington as they look to snap this current two-game skid. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck. This is Jabril Peppers, and you're listening to Giants Football on the Fan. WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. First of all, turnovers didn't just lose us this game. You know, we missed a lot of opportunities on defense to get off the field on third down, Um, you know, myself included. Um, You know, and as a defender, you know, When we go out there on the field, our job is to alleviate the the damage. 
So that was the voice of Giant safety Jabril Peppers reflecting on the Giants' 25-23 loss to the Buccaneers on Monday Night Football, saying that it's not necessarily just the Daniel Jones turnovers, but perhaps the defense and the penalties that piled up, especially late in the game, to help Tampa Bay continue its drives. As we welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point, Lance Meadow, Jeff Fiegel's with you. Today's scoring drive of the game brought to you by Investors Bank. Get the official New York Giants checking account only from Investors Bank. Visit InvestorsBank.com slash Giants for more details. And the scoring drive of the game will take you back to the second quarter. The Giants put together a 10-play, 77-yard drive, took 313 off the clock. It helped them pad their lead 14-3. to What was impressive was not just necessarily the fact that Wayne Goldman ran it in for two yards for a score, which you could argue is the most important aspect, but they did not face one third down on that drive. So that is why that is our scoring drive of the game. And Jeff, it's probably the best example, especially based on the conversation you and I had at halftime, the mixed results, even within this game, where you see drives like that, you see the final drive of the game where they went 13 plays, 70 yards which has been a struggle at times this season without the benefit of field position because of a takeaway or something the opposition did to see this offense march down the field and finish it off with a touchdown. They did it two times, but even when you have an effort like that, the turnovers and the penalties, it still overshadows all the good that they wound up showcasing. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, You know, and the bottom line is wins and losses, and that's what you are judged on in this league. And, um, but, you know, there are good things that come out of this. You heard Bob and Carl and even Joe Judge mention some of the things that you go back and look on tape. You know, that final drive, you're right. You know, you can make plays. They, they converted two fourth down plays there. Um, Including a which, fourth and 16. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's stuff you can take away. And, you know, when you really break down film and break down games, it comes down to three or four plays every week. And uh, unfortunately, the plays this week it came down to, again, was the two turnovers. And those two turnovers basically cost the Giants the game today. And I, you can slice it any way you want. But the matter, you know, Daniel Jones is just, he tried to make, uh, he tried to just do too much on those two plays. And, you know, if you, if you listen to what he says week in and week out, um, you know, one day it's going to stick. And uh, I guess if you just keep throwing it against the wall, one day it's going to stick, right? I mean, so he's going to have to learn from those. And um, But, yeah, you're, you're 100% correct, Lance, when you talk about these guys being able to go down the field and, you know, and put some points on the board, especially when they get into the red zone today. That was really good out of the Giants. You have not seen that type of production um, in the red zone from the Giants. And, I got to give kudos to both those coaches, the defensive coordinator and the offensive coordinators for the Giants. I thought Patrick Graham called an outstanding game, mixing up coverages all day to confuse Tom Brady. And I think that Jason Garrett is getting a little more familiar with who Daniel Jones is and who that offense is. And, you know, quite frankly, you got a lot of young guys playing on that offense, especially the offensive line today. Two rookies on the left side. We saw Matt Paird get involved at right tackle. And you didn't get to a point until maybe late in the game when JPP started making plays. And we know how they love to spread the wealth on this Bucks defense. I mean, mm-hmm. you just pick your poison. But you never felt as if any of those guys were wrecking the game, Jeff. And that was something we talked about in the pregame, especially with Shaq Barrett and Dominican sure. Sue and JPP. All three of those guys. Then Devin White, Levante David. 
pick whoever you want. The bottom line is it never got to the point of the first half, and this was a big reason why the Giants were able to build that sizable lead, 14-3 to at some point, because the protection was good, and they weren't having those drives stall because of a negative play here or there. Slightly different story in the second half, but that does speak volumes of the job that the guys did in the trenches. It does, and especially, you know, uh, we talked a little bit about Shane Lemieux having his first start in the National Football League and the speed of the game that Howard Cross had mentioned. Uh, that's probably was going to be the biggest thing that he had to adjust to was how fast that this game actually at this level gets. Um, he has not had any preseason games and really understanding how to, to play that position in the NFL yet, um, especially with that front seven. And we knew that Todd Bowles was going to bring the kitchen sink to him and to Andrew Thomas, and they did, a, they did a nice job today. They only gave up three sacks on the day, which, you know, coming into this, that's right about what the team was averaging. But the fact of the matter is, is that it could have got a lot worse when you think about those three. And I say three now because Matt Pert was in there today, too, at one point in time. All three of them were in there. Yeah. Uh, the, the super three, right? So they are getting experience. Um, Bob gave the analogy of the, half, the glasses half full. Uh, it just depends on how you want to look at it from a Giants fan's perspective. Um, yeah, they're one in seven. And if you want to look at the glasses not half full, then you're 100% correct. But I think that what Joe Judge is saying, and I know that some people are probably like he's very redundant at the podium, but the fact is, is what he's talking about is completely true. You are seeing development. You are seeing young players getting in there and playing and, and playing better. They just have to learn. Your young quarterback has to learn to hang on and throw the ball away or take a sack. That will keep you in games. And you look at these last three games, the Giants have lost by six points or less. Oh, my. And you look at the way that the NFC East is this year. It just makes you sick. I mean, wow, this team could be sitting in the catbird seat. They really could because, by the way, you got to admit that the Giants' defense probably is the best defense in the NFC East this year. They play that well on a day-in and day-out basis. In terms of consistency, I would agree with your assessment. And 25-23 loss here on Monday night. You lose to the Eagles by one. You beat Washington by one. You lose to the Cowboys by three. And then, of course, the loss to the Rams by eight, but in position to perhaps get a game-tying score, which would have set up perhaps a game-tying two-point conversion. That's why the turnovers halt a lot of those opportunities, and that is the big difference between a win and a loss, at least for the sake of the Giants this season. We'll step aside. When we come back, we'll hear from Daniel Jones, get his take on what went wrong in their two-point loss to Tampa Bay on Monday night. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck. We welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow, Jeff Fiegel's with you, recapping the Giants' 25-23 loss to the Bucks on Monday Night Football. Turnovers, penalties, once again, a big part of the storyline. Daniel Jones was picked off twice. He had an opportunity to speak with reporters after the game. His interview brought to you by Toyota, the official vehicle of the Giants. Let's listen in. Daniel, when you evaluate your game later, what will you look at first? Will you look at the great stuff that you did in the last drive, including the touchdown pass? Or will you look at the two interceptions, which which hurt your ball club? You know, How do you establish the consistency is the question, really? Uh, yeah, I'll go through it like I normally do, um, you know, starting with the first play and, and uh, you know, play by play, trying to learn from from each each play. And I think there's, uh, you know, they're, they're certainly good to, to learn from. And and like you said, there's there's bad to um, correct and, and learn from and move forward. So, um, you know, that's what I've got to do and, and um, you know, continue to 
to learn from it and and uh, improve. Pat Leonard, Daily News. Hey Daniel, on on these turnovers, when you're in the grasp or you're being hit, and maybe you know that you can't get the ball where you want it to. Why not just take the sack? Why not just live for the next down? You know, especially when, at least according to what your coaches tell us, that's what they're telling you. You know, the sack isn't the worst thing in the world. Live to play, live for the next play. Like, why not internalize that and and uh, and just kind of eat it and live for the next play? Yeah, you know, I think that's certainly um, what I have to do in those situations. And, uh, you know, when you're out there and, uh, competing and, and playing hard. I think, uh, you know, you got to be able to, uh, understand, you know, that part of the game and, and, uh, you know, understand when, uh, you know, when it's over. So, you know, I have, have to do a lot better job there. Do you feel like you cost the team the game tonight with those two picks? Uh, yeah, I think those were, were costly, uh, mistakes for us and, and, um, you know, something, you know, I have to continue to, to work on and, and improve and, and, uh, you know, I understand that. Chris Bizignato, Giant Insider. Daniel, that two-point attempt at the end looked like a well-designed play by Garrett. Um, what happened there? Why didn't that, why didn't that execute? Uh, yeah, it was a great play, a great play call. And, and um, you know, got to uh, get the ball out there uh, sooner to him. Tom Rock, Newsday. Daniel, Coach Judge used the word redundant earlier a little bit to talk about some of these some of these turnovers. Does does it feel redundant to you? Uh, yeah, I think there's uh, you know a number of situations that are uh, similar, and and you know I need to uh, improve. I, I've got to learn and and uh, you know correct those mistakes. So um, you know that's where where my focus is, and, and uh, you know I've got to do it. That always seems to be the sort of the benchmark for a young player is not making the same mistake o- over and over again. Why, why does this one seem to keep popping up? Um, you know, I think it, they're all, uh, you know, individual plays and, and cases, you know, I think I've got to, you know, be able to um, apply an, an idea regardless of the, uh, the play and the situation and, and uh, learn from it and, and uh, improve. We'll take three more. Matt, Jordan, Ryan, Matt Lombardo. Hey, Daniel. Um, not to belabor the point here, but what is the message from the coaching staff? Because, I mean, we're at the point now where I think you have 21 interceptions in 21 starts. Um, what is the, the message from the coaches, and, and what do you think you need to do to overcome all this? Yeah, I mean, I think the, uh, you know, the message is to – understand when when it's not there to get the ball in my hand and and um you know make sure that i'm uh you know preventing uh you know the preventing the the big mistakes so um you know the communication's clear the coaching's clear and and uh, you know i've got to do a better job uh applying it jordan we're not hey daniel what did you guys think when you saw the the flag and then what then ultimately the flag getting picked up there at the end uh, yeah, I thought it was, thought it was pass interference and, uh, you know, was surprised when they, when they picked it up. So, uh, we'll watch it and, and, uh, learn from it, I guess. And, and, uh, you know, see what, what they saw, but, 
uh, tough break. How surprised are you to see them pick the flag up in that spot in such a big, you know, big call on the game, obviously? Uh, yeah, I, w- I was certainly surprised. You don't see that often. And, and uh, yeah, I, w- I was surprised. Ryan Dunleavy. Daniel, there were a couple plays where Golden Tate threw, the, threw his hands up when the ball didn't go to him or uh, or it was incomplete. And then after his touchdown, he yelled, throw me the ball into the television camera. I'm wondering if you sense any frustrations from him and uh, how you react to that when uh, receivers yelling to throw him the ball. Uh, yeah, you know, I think um... – you know, I've got to do a good job getting getting everyone the ball and, and giving guys opportunity to make plays. And, and he's a, you know, he's a great player for us, a valuable part of our offense, and we'll continue to um, to try to get him the ball. So, um, you know, he, he stepped up and made a big play there at the end of the game. And, um, you know, we'll continue to, to work to get him the ball. Tom Rock, last one here. Dale, just, just to paraphrase Coach Judge again, he said, you're, you're the team's quarterback. There's no doubt about that. He made it clear that he wasn't thinking about making any changes. But with eight games left in this season, do you feel like you have a half a season left to prove yourself to this organization so that they don't go into the next draft period looking for a new quarterback? Yeah, you know, my, my focus is uh, to prepare to to win games and and, uh, and play well to improve week to week. And, and uh, you know, that that's my approach. And, you know, that's not going to change – uh, week to week. So, uh, you know, I take that seriously. That's my job to be prepared to, to play well. And um, that's where my focus is. So that was Daniel Jones talking with reporters following the Giants 25-23 loss to the Bucks on Monday Night Football and clearly turnovers, a big topic of conversation. Jeff, you look at the statistics in terms of Daniel Jones so far over his career. I think the numbers alone tell the story. This is not necessarily to be ultra critical of him, but it just goes to show you it's hard to win games when this trend continues. He's had 21 games, 20 starts, 36 turnovers. The breakdown is 21 interceptions, 15 lost fumbles. And I want to take it a step further. He Mm -hmm. has started 20 games, Jeff. Just one of them has been clean. Only one game in which he himself has not had a turnover. That was week 16 in Washington when, remember, he had that epic back and forth with Dwayne Haskins in which the Giants wound up winning in overtime. Outside of that, there's been at least one turnover in 19 of his other starts. You know, I think when you look at a quarterback, whether it's Daniel Jones or anybody else in their progress in trying to, you know, in this league, I, I think that at a young age that you're going to see a lot of interceptions. I think the one alarming one is the fumbles. I think those are the ones you really have to, to clean up because I think when you are a quarterback in the National Football League, you're, you're not going to play clean games. You're, you're going to throw interceptions because and then you want – and by the way, you don't ever want to take – the quarterback out of wanting to make plays for his team and win games. Um, In these situations, none of those plays were going to try to win the game. Those are plays where you try to win. The the fact of the matter is you're going to try to win the game by not making that play, by throwing it away or taking the sack. And I think that as he gets, as he grows through this process, it's, he's going to learn from that. But, but you, there's a come, there comes a point in time. I think the question was good asked to Daniel Jones about him having to play, you know, for this organization so that they understand who he is. And you got eight games left to do that. And I think that every one of the players on that team, Lance, 
are, are being evaluated just, just sure. like Daniel Jones. So we can't sit there and say that he's the only one that at the eighth game going forward, he's going to be, you know, basically put under the microscope. Everybody is at this point. He's got to make better decisions. He understands the communication. And by the way, it's a lot easier for us to sit on this side of it and, and analyze it. Uh, but he's wanting to make plays to win the games because they're in desperate need to win some games. Especially when you look at their opportunities, the two interceptions, one came on a second and eight from their own 46, okay, Mm -hmm. hey, you're knocking on the door, and then a second and five from the Tampa Bay 34, and ultimately, both of those interceptions, Tampa Bay translated to 10 points. And real quickly, you know, the one throwaway he had was on a first down, the one he just chucked out of bounds in the pocket. Um, you know, that that's 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 a product of learning from the other two mishaps, right? I mean, he finally said, you know what, I'm going to get the ball out of bounds, and he did it, lived for another down, and that was a first down play where he threw it out of bounds. So and he was in the process of being taken down on that play, too. That's right. So yeah. that's why it was extremely critical to live to see another down, which he successfully did, but it's a matter of doing that more consistently. So stick with us. If you are listening to us on The Fan in New York, we'll be able, right back with more post-game coverage. But it's time to say goodbye to the affiliates on our radio network and on the Giants' digital platforms. The final score once again, Giants fall to the Bucks, 25-23 on Monday Night Football. Giants now 1-7 on the season. They will now visit Washington for a battle against the Washington football team on Sunday afternoon. You've been listening to Giants football on the WFAN Giants radio network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck.